I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. What is up, football fans? This is Danny Austin. You are watching the live from the 55 podcast. We're listening to it. Either way, watching, listening. I'm here in Martaloupe in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. Just got done with Calgary Stampeders, their first practice of the week. They're taking on the Ottawa Red Blacks on Sunday at 5 p.m. at McMahon Stadium. Um, has been a really, really fun week in the CFL. I think that uh, looking forward, there's there's more to come. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to be talking about it. I'm excited to have Fraser and Fig as a sponsor. I'm not going to do the ad read just yet, but we're going to get to it. People keep asking me. I keep promising that I'm going to have one of their charcuterie boxes here. I uh, haven't done it yet. Um, Various reasons behind that, largely that I keep forgetting to order it, um, and you can't just walk in and pick it up. you got to order it in advance because these are elaborate charcuterie boxes. Now, both John Bender and Ian Busby um, have, have proposed to me that they want to come in and eat charcuterie with me on air. Um, I'm not on TikTok. I don't, I don't know anything about that, but um, I'm pretty sure that that's not the content people are looking for, just three middle-aged men aged men eating meat um but who knows we're, we're gonna get to that later i'm just i'm just talking about my ad read in advance which is professional podcasting folks um look let's 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 get into it um we have two guests today ian busby popping by as usual he pops by whenever he can we're gonna talk a lot about stan peters uh what we saw over the weekend what we're looking forward to this weekend against the red blacks as well as just kind of around the league because as i said there were some crazy games that that bombers red blacks game was absolutely incredible um, we've got some bad news about Trevor Harris going down, getting hurt. Um, what does that mean for the West Division? What does that mean for the Riders? We got a lot of questions, but uh, I'm also really excited. We have Toronto Argonauts receiving coach Pete Costanza, a guy with a lot of great cup rings, a guy who was here in Calgary. He's going to come on. I feel like it's a little bit hard to talk about the Argos. They don't get quite the coverage that they deserve, and I'm not sure uh, you know the best team in the league. I, I, I think there should be more conversation. So I figured Pete. Uh, is one of many coaches, Josh Bell, Corey Mace, uh, Ryan Dinwiddie, who are now with the Argos, who were previously in Calgary. So hopefully we got a bunch of them throughout the season. Um, talk about their time in Calgary, as well as, you know, what's going on with a pretty powerhouse Argos team. Um, team that, who knows, could could repeat. Um, they looked that good early. So um, we're going to get gonna get to both of those guys. But for now, you know, I like to just do a little intro off the top, solo, um, trying to get better better at this wow that was neither a cough nor a burp i don't know what just happened i just stopped talking in the middle of a word um you know we're working we're getting better we're learning as it comes who knew that that could happen never happened to me in my 39 years anyways uh stamps yeah they got the red blacks this weekend um i know the red blacks pulled off a miracle against 
against the Bombers. That was incredible. Full marks to Dustin Crump. Full marks to that entire team. I maintain that that Red Blacks defense is legit. Um, that doesn't explain the absolute sort of magic that happened for them to beat the Bombers there. Uh, if you haven't listened to Der- Derek Taylor's call on the radio, it's absolutely amazing to listen to. Derek's one of the best in the business, and you can just hear sort of the confusion and agony in his voice uh, as Dustin Crum bounces around the, the Bombers' defense and, and gets it into the end zone for the win there. Um, but, you know, it's kind of fun that they're coming into Calgary. I don't know that the Red Blacks are normally a huge draw, despite, you know, these teams have played two great cups over the last six, seven years. Um, so there's a little bit of history there. Uh, not many of the same players, obviously, but I don't think that Ottawa necessarily is a huge drive in Calgary, but they're coming off a big win. And that maybe makes it interesting. I don't think it really does. I, I don't, I think that the Calgary St. Peter's will have watched the tape of Dustin Crum and have a bit of a better idea of what he's good at, certainly what he's good at on the ground and, and, and find ways to limit that. I, I do suspect these Stampeders, I think we saw outside of special teams, which was obviously pretty abysmal on, on Saturday against the Riders. I think we saw a major step forward from the offense. And I think that the defense has been has been good this whole time. Uh, one mistake at the end of the game, sort of notwithstanding, I have no worries about these Stampeders um, on defense. And I just, I don't know. I It sort of feels like the Red Blacks had their big moment. Print the T-shirts. I love it. Celebrate it do the whole thing, but I, I have trouble seeing them coming in. I will say though, that, you know, there was a real sort of palpable sense of relief today at St. Peter's practice. You know, Dave Dickinson talked about how it would have been such a backbreaker to have lost that game. Uh, I do think the stamps felt like they played better the entire game and it just kind of went wrong right at the end. And they still managed to pull it out, puts them to two and three, uh, keeps them within striking distance of the riders. and means that the riders don't have the season, uh, series kind of locked up which would have made it really really hard for the stampeders team at one and four to catch and then pass the riders by the end of the year i i I just think it's almost not impossible but improbable and you could you could see the stamps this gave them a shot in the leg um they're ready to go and i i really do think that they can sort of build you've got to beat ottawa obviously um i think as i said it's at home against an ottawa team that i'm not too worried about i think that's a very winnable game and then a really tough challenge in montreal uh, in montreal i think that's important the stampeders historically have had lots of trouble in montreal i'm not going to speculate on the reasons other people will do that but you know you got them and then a really tough august so you know the stamps have their their work cut out for them but i i, I do think we saw enough that, that you can um, you can see how they can win some games this summer and, and go into Labor Day probably at 500 or around 500. I, I don't think that you're going to complain about that and then try to go on a run. Um, it's building and beating the Riders. Really, I can't imagine the conversation we're having right now if they'd lost that game on that Hail Mary. Um, you know, that's just a, that's just a very different just just outlook for the rest of the season if if the St. Peter's lose that game. So that was big. Uh, as for the Bombers, I don't know. It, it's hilarious that they lost to Ottawa. Um, I honestly love that market. I quite respect and enjoy uh, everyone at that Bombers organization in the stadium. Um, I love their media. But it is just, it's sort of funny to see the powerhouse just lose a game that they just shouldn't have lost. Um, it, it's bizarre. Now, do I think the Bombers are done? Are, are, are they falling off, falling out? No, of course I don't. Still the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. I, I still, they're the team that I would most want to avoid in the playoffs in the West Division, no matter what. So um, they're there, but I will, you know, entertain conversations about whether they're sort of placed at the top of the West Division food chain is at risk right now, whether it's slipping away a little bit. Look, they're, they're four and two this season, obviously. Uh, big loss of the Lions and then a sort of, hilarious as i said lost the red blacks and then you go back to the great cup you know they've only won 
four of their last seven. They lost three of their last seven. That's not the Bombers of a year ago or two years ago. That is something different. This is about wins and losses, and that matters. Um, now, they're playing the Elks. They're playing Edmonton on, on I believe it's Thursday. I believe it's today if you're if you're watching this. And um, we can believe we all. I think the Bombers are going to absolutely destroy the Elks. That makes me sad. I've said I don't like joking about the Elks. I love that market. It's not good for the CFL that they are um, drawing so so few fans and what have you, but I'm sorry. It's the Winnipeg Blue Bombers against the winless Edmonton Elks. I, I don't think they have a hope. Um, you might rightly point out that I said this about a couple games last week and was wrong. Um, I'm fine with that, but like, I don't know what would I be willing to do? I will say this. If the Elks win, I will get a party-sized $80 charcuterie board from Fraser and Fig, and I will eat it myself on air next episode. Um, I, I will explode. Um, you will be watching a man's stomach blow up on a podcast if you were watching on YouTube or just listen to it, which I can't imagine what that would sound like uh, on audio form. But I am that confident that the Bombers are going to um, win this game. It's I just don't see the Elks having hope. Um, after that, uh, looking at the schedule, you got Riders-Lions. Uh, that one would be probably a lot more interesting if Trevor Harris wasn't hurt. Brutal to hear he's going to be out for as long as he is. Uh, we need quarterbacks in this league. Um I don't know. I still think it's sort of got the potential to be interesting. I don't think Mason Fine is going to be the second coming of Dustin Crum and sort of, you know, inspirationally lead this this Riders team to an unlikely victory here. Uh, I just think that the Lions' defense is too good. Um, honestly, any other league, we would be talking about Matthew Betts having nine freaking tackles in five games. That's incredible. This guy's off to an amazing, amazing start. Um, you know, this should be. Should be leading Sports Center. This should be something we're talking about more. I should be talking about it more. That's a, that's on me. Um, shout out Matthew Metz. That guy's amazing. Um, anyways, like Lions are a good team. Riders are gonna have to make some real adjustments and, and try to figure it out on the fly with Trevor Harris out. Uh, that's not to say I don't think they can win. It's just I don't think they will win. Um, so yeah, there you have it. Finally got Argos Tie Cats. It's Friday night. I don't have the schedule up anymore. Um, but we got Pete Costanza coming on. Um receivers coach Pete Costanza absolute legend one of my favorite people all this guy does is win breakups um so we're gonna talk to him we're gonna we're gonna have him on air I can't wait um I hope he has all his great cup rings on that's what I would do if I was coming on the live from the 55 podcast uh, I would just show up I would flash all my rings uh make people know who is the boss um but anyways we got Pete Costanza coming right up after that we're gonna have Ian Busby not sure if I'm going to stop in and, and talk on my own in between. But um, again, here it is, the ad read. Big fan of our sponsors at Fraser and Fig. I'm going to be eating some Fraser and Fig on, on air at some point, which everyone's waiting for. I have had it at a picnic. I, I was a real hit. I brought one of these little charcuterie boxes um, to a picnic, and you know, I think it went over well. But for those of you who don't know Fraser and Fig, they're up here in my loop. You call them. Tell them what you want. They'll, they'll make one of these absolutely incredible little uh, – Cheese and charcuterie boxes. They're made with fresh, fresh artisanal provisions. Um, honestly, you can get them delivered as well. You know, I, if you can't get out, you're in a you're in a hurry. You're trying to get ready for a picnic, your party. Get it delivered, uh, no problem. Anyways, they do ready to go cheese and charcuterie boxes curated with local and artisanal ingredients. They offer four sizes. They suit every occasion. All their boxes come with meat, cheese, dried fruit, fresh fruit, nuts, olives, pickles, and carrots. It's so delicious, guys. I'm telling you, this is a, uh, I love Fraser and Fake. Cannot wait to have one on air. Um, also, honestly, their selections do vary from month to month. So uh, just because you've had one of their, one of their boxes doesn't mean you've had them all. 
check them out over and over again. These guys honestly are the best. I love them. Um, super appreciate them sponsoring. So there you have it. Check out Fraser and Fig. Tell them I sent you. Tell them Danny sent you. Tell them live from the 55, the whole team here. Tell them Pete Costanza sent you. We got him coming up right now. Let's go. Pete Costanza, Toronto Argonauts receivers coach, Toronto Argonauts pass game coordinator. You're the only person I know, as I think that I know, who has great cup rings from the last two CFL seasons. Um, you've got five in total dating back to, to 2008 with the Calgary Stampeders. Um, can I ask, when was the last time you put all five on? Do you <laughs> ever put all five on? I uh, Let's see. I put all five on at the ring ceremony. So when we, uh, we got our rings this year, uh, you know, fun night. Uh, that doesn't happen all the time, and I just thought it'd be – something fun to do and throw all five on and you know look like liberace for a couple of hours while we're, while we're getting our new ones does the fifth go on the thumb or do you have to now use two hands like is no it... the fifth went on um the uh the the, the pointer finger okay in, in the middle <laughs> that's amazing yeah um well and i imagine pretty quickly as as you know i've, I've covered teams that have won championships um you move past that but i gotta ask you guys coming have come out so hot. I know there's a lot of seasons to play. I'm not trying to get you to say, ah, yeah. this, this, and that. But um, was it a point to say, hey, look, we're, we're the Great Cup champions. We want to come out and, and prove that we're the team to beat out of the game? Yeah. No, not really. I mean, uh, you know, it's a, it's a different team. You know, we've lost guys. We've added guys. Um, you know, so it's a different team every year. And I know that everyone likes to talk about defending the Cup. Uh, our approach to it was – uh, once training camp started that we weren't defending the cup anymore. You know, we did win last year. And if the media wants to say we're defending the cup, but our whole process was, you know, let's go out and enjoy the process uh, of prepping each day and try to stack wins, try to stack wins. Um, you know, I think a long time ago, uh, just learning from old man Huff, you know, it's, you, you need to, stay on task week by week. I think a lot of times, even when we've been on good teams and you start, you know, looking, Hey, uh, we're 11 and one and one. And you start looking down the road um, and you forget what your goal is right in front of you. So for us, you know, we, we told them once we got the rings and we had the ring ceremony, Hey, put it to bed, enjoy it. It was a great accomplishment, but now we got to go back to work and, and see what happens, see how the process takes us. And you must like the way your group is responded to that challenge right (laughs) i mean i I think we're all happy with it you know we we uh we haven't played our best football at times um but we've we've played well enough to win football games uh when you for me when i look at at the group and i look at the receiving core um i really want them to just understand what we're doing understand how we're trying to play winning football and really what i like about my group right now is you make a correction, whether it's in practice or it's after a game, and you rarely see them make the same mistake again. So they're they're really starting to understand the big picture of uh, what we're asking them to do and trying to play winning football. So it's been a, a real joy right now. Yeah, I mean, you can tell that stuff on the field, right? I mean, just just watching, it's it's been pretty incredible. And I mean, like I still look and I'm like, oh, Marky Thambles on the one game. I mean, there, there there's depth in this group, and you know, there's obviously some stars, but it does feel like week after week, there's different guys stepping up too. Right? Oh no, there's different guys stepping up. I mean, the way the offense is built, and you know, obviously, it's it's no secret we want to try to run the football. Um, you know, I've had some 
receiving groups with a lot of big names and a lot of guys that caught a lot of footballs. But the one thing that's in common every year is there's one quarterback throwing it and there's one football to be thrown around. And, you know, one game you might have eight catches next game. You might have two, but the greater good of the team is doing our jobs properly. The, the, the guys understand, um, how we're trying to run routes, how we're trying to attack defenses and who's trying to get open. So uh, it's a very selfless group, Danny, to be honest with you. They, um, they cheer for each other. They work really hard. Uh, you know, we got some good leaders. Like you said, we got, you know, some guys on the sideline that are good football players that haven't played yet, but um, it's, uh, you know, geez, I don't even know what week it is week six or seven and uh, something like that. And, but we're just trying to, uh, get better as a group and, and, and play our best football here coming into the middle part of the season, early middle part of the season. So I want to ask you, like, I don't think most people would be asking you specifically about Tavares Daniels, but um, I met you in 2016 uh, yep. when Tavares was a rookie. And it's like one of those things where I wish we had the stats that we could show, but I, I don't think his consistency has been talked about enough. Like when I, whether I watch when the broadcast or, or, or radio or, you know, read stuff about it. Like this guy, every season just goes out and gets between like, 750 and 950 and it's just consistently year after year and i would be willing to guarantee that if you went back and like added every receiver total up since 2016 he'd be in the top five in cfl receiving yards i mean he's just you'd probably have brian burnham up there there'd probably be a couple others but i mean what is having a guy like that on the team like what does that do for you because it's been amazing for me to watch as someone who covered him as a rookie watch him go to edmonton and now toronto yeah i i mean Obviously, I've had Tavares since he was a rookie and then when he left and uh, we reunited last year. But um, what people probably don't realize about him, uh, he's a very intelligent football player and he's a really good route runner. Um, He catches the ball well. You know, he might not be um, that blazing speed that everybody looks for, but for some reason over the years, He's found a way to run routes, uh, understands leverage, coverages, and knows how to get open. Uh, I, I think his best attribute really is just football IQ. When when you talk football with Didi, um, he he gets it. You know his rookie year. Uh, you remember? I mean, it whatever it was, week eight or week nine, when he finally got his uh, chance to step on the field. You know he he learned. He was behind some good guys. He paid attention and then he got in there and, and really started getting a feel for the, uh, for the Canadian football uh, brand of football and his uh, understanding of the waggle, the, the way he uses the waggle, the way he uses his big body. He's a long frame. I mean, it's just, you're right. It's not uh, he doesn't put up the gaudy numbers all the time, but he's a guy that you can trust to get open. You can trust to do the right thing. Um, very rarely does he have a lot of mental mistakes in the game. So when it comes down to the trust factor of executing the game plan, uh, you know, for me, he's a guy that, that gets the brand of football that I try to coach and the winning football that we try to teach our guys. So there's a lot of things stat wise that you can't track, but Devaris is, uh, he's a great pro and, and definitely one of the better receivers in our football league. He's also like, and I say this not joking, and I'm sure you know Ty Cats fans won't care. He's also like the nicest guy I've ever met. Like I, I honestly like it was. I think my first week covering the Stampeders because Scott Mitchell left to go to TSN or to Toronto, and I kind of took over around Labor Day. Didn't know what I was doing, and it was basically around where he was making his debut. And like, 
I honestly think he recognized that and just kind of helped me out. Like, it was a, it was a great interview, like super, just a really, really good guy. Oh no, he's a great guy. I mean, you, you, he's a quiet guy until he needs to say something. Right. So like, uh, I see him in the media and talking to people and, uh, doesn't have a big ego, uh, in our meeting room. Um, you know, he's not the one in there joking around, you know, if he has a question, it's a good question. Um, but what, what really has been enjoyable over the years watching him grow is how he now as a veteran goes in, gives information and life lessons to the young guys. He's the guy now that's been around, that's played this game for a while and he helps teach them. Um, you know, when long time ago, like you said, he was the one that was being helped out by the vets and myself. And now he's kind of turned that around. He understands that um, everybody in that receiving room at some point is going to have to play football potentially for us and play winning football. Uh, Cause that's what he did when he came in in week eight or week nine. But um, you know, he, he's a quiet guy, but he's a good leader. He's not a rah-rah leader, but he's a really good leader in the room. That's awesome. You have coached with John Hafnagel, Dave Dickinson, Michael Shea, now Ryan Dinwiddie. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to say how are each of them different because that's a major question. But I mean, I guess what what did you learn? I guess from each of them. Um, you know, Huff, I've obviously known the longest. I've known him uh, shoot since 1997. Uh, he brought me into the Canadian Football League. And uh, you 97, know, he did it. Eh? Yeah. 97. I met Huff in the arena football league when we were in New Jersey together. And then we've always stayed in touch. So he was my connection to Calgary in 2008, but from Huff, you know, a uh, couple things is one, be yourself, be authentic coach as you are, um, get to know players, build relationships and treat them like people, not just guys, wearing a number for a football team. Uh, the other thing that I, I, I really learned from Huff over the years is having a system that is consistent and uh, how do you want to say it? Eliminates distractions, you know? So um, he's a really good teacher. He's a, a teacher of, uh, of his coaches and he's obviously a, a great coach and teacher to the, uh, to the players. Um, you know, with Dickie, uh, Dickie's one of the smartest people I've been around. I mean, he, you know, he jokes around about the concussions and uh, he can remember things, you know, we'll be talking, Hey, remember three years ago? And he's like, no, no, that wasn't three years ago. I think that was two years ago on Labor Day when we were up in Edmonton, we ran that play and, you know, you go back and look it up and he's right. sure, as, <laughs> sure as the sky's blue, that's what it was. So, um, you know, real smart guy, D Dickie. Um, you know, definitely uh, detail oriented as well, but just uh, how he sees the game and what I learned from Dave, you know, being a guy that didn't play quarterback, because uh, I'd ask a lot of questions to the quarterback guys, um, Huff and and Dickie and Ryan and, you know, Buck when I was, was in Winnipeg, but understanding how the quarterback sees, sees the game um, taught me a lot there. For, um, for Osh, you know, Osh reminds me a lot of, of Huff. There's a, a lot of similarities between the two. Um, you know, you talk about being authentic. Um, you talk about being fair. 
showing up, just doing your job, understanding what the expectations were. Um, you know, I, in, we had to cancel the season, but in that one season working with him, just learned so much about, um, so much more about being a leader of men. Um, you know, it's more than, you know, people have mottos and slogans. Um, you know, it's more about being yourself. And once again, back into what, you know, what I always learned with Huff is those connections with the guys, being able to teach, being able to communicate and being able to get them to understand what you are communicating and what you're asking them to do. Uh, now, RD, you know, I mean, we were assistant coaches together, um, you know, and Rye probably is more of the fiery one of the group, but, you know, Ryan's learned a lot from Huff and carried a lot of that over to here. Um, you know, with him, it's, uh, there's, there's not a lot of nonsense, you know, um, Rye is very consistent, um, in what he believes in and what he preaches. Uh, it is definitely for RD, a team first mentality, you know, and that goes from the players to the coaches. I mean, everybody's on board, everybody's pulling in the right direction and it's definitely team before me. And, uh, just the fact that his beliefs and his uh, conviction to not sway away from what he believes in and how he believes you need to work to play winning football. Uh, I admire him a lot for that because he is steadfast in, in what he believes and how he believes our football team should be run. Um, I know you're the receivers coach, but you're also obviously deeply involved in the pass game. I like, I love Chad Kelly. I love like the confidence he brings. I love the energy. I love the way he plays football. Um, I just think he's, he's great for the league, great for the Argos. And like, I just, I honestly, I'm, I'm just so excited to, to watch him play every week. What's he like to work with? You know, Chad is, uh, I mean, geez, Dan, he, he loves football so much. Um, it, it's almost like you're coaching, even though, and I say a college kid, but not meaning the immaturity of like a college kid or a high school kid, just the enthusiasm that he brings to practice, to play football. Um, Chad's a great guy to be around. He's a great teammate. And I really uh, think he's becoming and has become a very good leader. In the off season this past year, he was in Toronto. And I mean, he would be sending myself and Ryan and our quarterback coach, Mike, texts all the time. He'd be watching film, send us clips from the film. Um, you know, when you talk about a guy that's all in and uh, is grabbing the bull by the horns and he is so invested into making himself better, but also um, trying to be his best for his teammates. Just the, the energy he brings um, every day is youthful. That's the word I'm looking for. It's, it's that youthful exuberance uh, and just joy to play football. He's, he's absolutely great to be around. Amazing to hear. Okay, one more. You've had now, you've won five Grey Cups. I don't think there's anyone who would be more of an expert on like how to host a Grey Cup winning party. What's <laughs> the one thing that you have to have? Like what, what's the key to a truly great, my team just won the Grey Cup, we're having the party. What's the key? Uh, well, the, the key is, to, uh, you know, one, whatever you want to drink, you can drink, but you definitely got to have some champagne and some good food and obviously the Grey Cup. 
Yeah. Uh, you can't have a Grey Cup party without the Grey Cup. John Bender lent me the 2014 Grey Cup replica. To see. There we go. <laughs> but what I would say, the for me, what, what is, what's made all the Grey Cup parties the most enjoyable, and I didn't get this until I had one in 2008. And George Cortez, when we won in 2008, said to me, winning the Grey Cup is fun. Sharing it with fans, friends in the city, um, people that are CFL fans, whether they're a fan of your team or not. And he said to me, Pete, when you see how much this cup, the trophy means to people because of how long it's been around Danny and how old it is, you'll really enjoy that. And when he said it to me, I remember we were in Montreal, we were at the hotel at the Intercontinental with the post-game party. And, uh, you know, those words kind of at that time, I was just like, I, Hey, just give me a beer. I want to drink a beer and celebrate that we just won. But that's probably the key ingredient. Have as many friends and family neighbors over that you can and share that cup with them, sit back, watch them enjoy it. Um, the, the sharing of it and people taking photos with it, um, how excited they get, um, you know, it, it's great to win and winning is probably the greatest thing. But at that party uh, and everyone for me, the most enjoyable is watching other people enjoy it, drink out of it, take photos with it. Um, you know, sharing that trophy is a, is a big thing. And you can really see how much it means to um, people that are fans of the Canadian Football League. It's amazing, man. It's literally yeah. a perfect answer. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, well, man, I'm not going to take up any more of your time. Um Excited to see you guys play Hamilton this weekend. That's a, that's yeah. a big one. It's um, a big one. Friday night in the hammer. I mean, it's, a, uh, you know, two cities that don't like each other. Um, you go down there and we go down there and it's, uh, you walk into the stadium and it's guns ablazing with the Hamilton fans. They're on you from the get-go. So, but it's it a great atmosphere. It would be pretty cool to win a great cup in that stadium and just drive it down the QW to Toronto. <laughs> I'm sure you think about that. I'm not going to get you to say it, but uh, yeah, no, I'm really, really, really looking forward to that game, man. Thank you so much for your time. You are no worries, Danny. Appreciate it. The best. If people don't know you, this guy's the best in the game. So appreciate you, man. Thank you so much. Thank you. Anytime, my friend. Anytime. All right. That was Pete Costanza. Thank you, Toronto Argonauts receivers coach, past game coordinator. Uh, all around Multiple great, great cup champion. Five-time great <laughs> cup champion. Uh, 2008, 2014, 2018 with the Stampeders, and then 2021 with the Bombers. And He's been around those league a long time. Yeah, he is a true legend of the Canadian game and a great guy and super grateful. Now, another true legend of the Canadian game and a great guy, uh, Ian Busby. Part of the reason I'm having you on uh, um, yeah. is because I am about accountability. That is something that I care deeply about. Yes. And last week, I don't have the clip, but you and I sat at these very chairs. It felt like you were a bit more adamant about it, but I won't. I will you claimed, I thought there was going to be a giant plate of crow for us to eat here you, instead of the Fraser and you Fig that we usually want to eat. That the only the only reason you would watch Ottawa Winnipeg <laughs> is because I'll be at work and because you had no choice. It was a great day at work. <laughs> it ended up being one of the games of the year, a yes. genuinely spectacular game. Uh, Toronto- it was a spectacular finish. The last five, six minutes was a good finish. You know what? A lot I mean, of people saw but- the movie, the six. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, 
and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And they were like, wow, what a twist ending. Yes. The, the Bruce Willis was... 100%. I don't know if I can spoil that. I've sat through a lot of terrible of, basketball yeah. games where it was like a 20-point lead, and then in the last two minutes, it's like bang, bang, bang. Yeah, so yes, exactly. A great game because it was a great finish. I've got a lot of thoughts about that game. Yes, I do want to largely look forward. Toronto, Montreal, also a good game. Pretty much, to be honest, what we that said one was we a, wanted. That one was a solidly well-played football game that the Toronto Argonauts showed that they are the number one team in this league. Exactly, and then Calgary, Saskatchewan was a great game. I just think that we need to acknowledge that you know, <laughs> part of covering the CFL, part of talking about the CFL is that and this is, you look this, stupid sometimes. That was a great. As soon as we discount the league, something like this happens. That was a Saturday of six hours of solid entertainment, and uh, it was it was great. Exactly. So I had you back on in part just so that both of us could acknowledge that we were uh, incorrect. Yeah, we're I, I always will always I, right, say when I'm wrong. I still think that the league should have stats. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're not wrong about yes. that now i am going to do the same thing that i did last week and start off um this way there are four games this week i'm going to list them off to you you have to pick one uh let me think about what the parameters should be here what is the game that you are most that you believe is the game of the weekend first off we have thursday edmonton at winnipeg yes second of all we have friday i don't know why i'm doing the of alls on friday we have toronto hamilton on Saturday, we have Saskatchewan, BC. On Sunday, we have Ottawa, Calgary. What is the game that if you were to tell someone who does not watch the CFL, this is the game I want you to watch. It's going to be the most entertaining, the most fun, the stakes are the highest. Oh, what is the game? Wow. See, and now watch them all because they're all going to be entertaining. That's not going to happen every week. But the game that I'm... <laughs> this week's podcast. The game that I'm <laughs> most interested in is Saskatchewan versus BC because as unfortunate as we... We, we witnessed this game on Saturday night and... Another week goes and another starting quarterback, another Trevor veteran Harris. guy yeah. goes down with a long-term injury and they're not saying I, right now it's going to be full for the full season. It's a typical plateau fracture. It's a little bit more complicated. It's could be something that comes back. It depends on how my dad tells me that I need to make sure that I actually explain things in case people aren't hardcore. So we are talking about Saskatchewan Rough Riders quarterback, yes. Trevor Harris uh, went down with a brutal knee injury. Yes. Um, He's going to be replaced by Mason fine who, had some ups and downs in that game against Calgary and gets a good bo uh, bonus Hail Mary to his, his stats, whatever his stats are, because we can't really look him up. But uh, that that's, he's going to be making a start 
and this is going to be going forward, right? This okay. is their this is their quarterback for the next couple months at least. Yes, this is a side note. Um, this is not. I'm not trying to interrupt. Take you away. I brought this up in the intro. Do you realize that Matthew Betts has nine sacks yes. in five games? Yes. How is that not like well the only thing, the thing we're talking about? But this he, is he Cameron Wake. Of, Cameron Wake since 2000 yeah. is the only guy with more than 20. Yeah. And he had 23, 23. in 2008. I oh, I, I witnessed that season. Yes. And he was absolutely dominant and and we had the argument back then because there was the defensive player of the year and the people out of bc were like this is the most outstanding player and then we the mindset started to change after that but absolutely cam wake was the most outstanding player of that year and of those couple of years yeah. where he was way good and then he went on to have 100 sacks in the nfl toronto sun columnist steve simmons steve simmons yeah said to me at gray cup in 2021 he was like who is the best player you have seen in the cfl and i was like well going back to a kid it was probably Flutie. like right. i didn't i didn't see warren moon or anything like that obviously and his answer was cameron wake yes. either way right now matthew, matthew Betts Betts is on pace to have more than cameron Wake. yes now that won't Hold up, necessarily. I'm not saying no, that, but either he's, way, he's had a couple of three sack games, I believe. Yes. at least one. Nine sacks would have been the fourth highest for the first five games for all of last season in oh, the CFL. Oh, nine right. sacks. Yeah. Um, ten would have been third, and then Lemon had four, right? And Modlin had had more than. Uh, anyways, yes. fourteen. Anyways, this is an incredible story that I honestly I'm trying to just since this is my podcast and I'm I can't keep saying no one's talking about it if I'm not talking about it because like, I have a couple hours a week to talk about stuff. So I just wanted to toss that out there, and that is part of why I like that game. And this is what makes it intriguing because Mason Fine has been in with the Saskatchewan Roughriders for a couple of years. He made a couple of starts last year. That was in a situation that was completely different because it wasn't an injury. They weren't. They were moving from him to Cordy Fajardo. They didn't. Fajardo was kind of injured, but he could have played and he kind of benched him. And now it's Mason Fine because Trevor Harris is completely out. Mason Fine gets the start here. Now it's kind of, it's time to see if, if he's got it. And this, the BC Lions are the best team in the league outside of Toronto. So I'm looking at this as like, that's the marquee game. Every other game on paper. Well, I'm going to pick as, my marquee if we game. Went, if we went last week, we would have said these are all, would all be blowouts. Yes. Now I'm not, I'm, I'm going and yes, I'm the Calgary reporter. And part of that, this is that I want to have a little bit of a focus on Calgary as we go here. Um, but I, I do think Calgary Ottawa um, has some intrigue. Definitely my number two game. Yeah. Now I don't think Dustin Crum, like there was, is going to necessarily be able to do the same thing. Now that you got some tape on him, I do think that yeah. you're a little bit more aware of his running tendencies. Um, I thought he was very good at, particularly towards the end, obviously against the bombers, but I just, I, I lean towards this being a pretty big Calgary win. Yeah. The reason why I, I still think it's intriguing is I actually don't know the Calgary that the offense is good enough to get a big win. This is a pretty good Ottawa defense. So this game may stay closer yes. than like Ottawa might do absolutely nothing on offense and the Stampeders still may not run away with it. But I did see enough, particularly in the first half from Jake Mayer and the Stampeders offense. And then at the end, after the after the riders after had taken the lead taken the, and they had to get into field goal position for renee paradise i thought that was really impressive yes. um they, there was no hesitation it was confident and the stampeders did what we they got, had to we do we got enough time on the clock let's move down the field let's put up our give yes. our field goal kicker a chance so we if what that. you are looking for is progress from the calgary stampeders yes. i do think we saw it yes. um i think we saw a step forward if not a step forward that made me think this team is going to overtake the bombers even though the bombers can't beat the red Blacks. um so, um, so this is for me, look, I, I, I'm not particularly saying that I think Ottawa is just going to start climbing the standings steadily, but the fact is 
Are these teams not? I have the standings here. I want to they're, double check. They're, they're same in. They're two and three. Two and three. They're so, both two and three. The yeah. whole league's two and three. The, the 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 I know you're not a betting guy, but the spread is like five and a half right now, and that seems pretty high. But yeah. again, it goes back to history of the Stamps having good success against the Red Blacks, and especially at home. So it's not a you know, generally one. We we were marking this one on the bingo card as like, okay, this is our free space, but that's not going to be the way it is. But I still feel confident about the Stampeders. I felt outside of the, they just got to tighten up their special teams. Defense and offense were solid in that game. I think it's not even that much of a close game, other than now, like two agreed, return touchdowns and a hail mary. Like that's like agreed with you, except that the issue is that they've had issues on special teams coverage from the start of the season. Yeah. So that's not a simple fix in my opinion. No, um, it's not like, Oh guys, just focus more there. That, that's been, that's a feature, not a bug. Um, I said that I think on Sunday's podcast and I, I do yeah. think that like Mark Kellum, I would trust to get it fixed, but you got to get that fixed in a hurry because it's making games that you should be winning by a lot, uh-huh. a lot closer. It affected them against Winnipeg against Ottawa in week two. Yes. Um, there was a big, a big return. Um, I will say it's interesting that we picked, like, you know, this is the most unofficial, and I didn't tell you we were doing this, but, like, I do think Toronto-Hamilton packs similar um, intrigue Uh, for me. Here's the thing. Like, every one of these last three games, not Winnipeg-Edmonton, doesn't have quite the juice to it, and the the line on that is telling you what people think about that. 16, 15 and a half? Yeah, it's double digits. I don't gamble, but I find lines useful regardless no like, i know yeah but yeah but you you get a sense of what everybody thinks of is because of what that yeah. is but they all have similar storylines a team coming off a big win in one of these games a team that's coming up and a team that's bringing in a new starting quarterback in these games right mm-hmm. so it's mason fine in saskatchewan you've got the crumb starting for ottawa Dawson and crumb. then i don't powell is the hamilton tiger cats quarterback so he's third on, he was third on their depth chart to start the year. And now they've got only by Mitchell and Matthew Schultz injuries. And now they're down to their number three. So which is that's thing. If we trust Toronto, which I think both of us do, I think we've talked yeah, about this. Like they, I feel like Corey Mace is going to be crushed, throwing the k- kitchen sink at him and we'll be able to yeah, figure it and out. And we'll confuse his eyes. Like he did to be honest against Vernon Adams jr. Um, so yeah, like it's that one, like, it's hard for me to put it below necessarily Calgary, Ottawa, because they're very similar in the sense that I expect the better team to sort of, cruise a little bit yeah. um but you know hamilton's been a tough position and, and hamilton and ottawa having multiple quarterbacks injured is such a like it's a brutal it's sad state like everybody wants to like the, the, all this talk about it was like oh well bc's got dane evans maybe they can trade him and to one of these teams. why would bc trade dane no evans? because they're one play away from needing dane evans yeah. like why you, would you this is i had this last year late in the season people were saying oh well the stamps should once once they, once Jake Mayer had taken over a starting quarterback yeah. for Bo Levi Mitchell, and I had people saying, "Oh, well, they should trade, trade Bo, trade Bo." And I was sitting there, I was thinking, "Why would they trade their safety net?" Yes. When you no. see all these starting quarterbacks going down, why would you ever trade your backup? They're add. definitely not trading. I, I will say that. I mean, in terms of even the possibility of Dane Evans being traded, yeah. they're not trading him to a West Division rival. Right. Zero chance. Um, and they're not trading, they're trading them back to Hamilton. <laughs> no, like, no, <laughs> no. Um, here's the, here's the and, question. And to yeah. be honest, if Bo is back, like you're not going to have the money to have Bo and Dane Evans no. on, on your roster. So you're no, like, it doesn't make any sense. You have to just roll with what you have. And, and, and you have to, you have to rule both Schiltz and Bo out for the rest of the year. If you're going to make a move like that. But 
Okay, my question for you, which of the teams is going to like throw some money at post-Labor Day probably, but who's going to throw money at McLeod Bethel-Thompson? Ottawa. You think so? Yeah. Because this is a situation where Bethel-Thompson's waiting for an NFL deal, as crazy as that sounds. He's he's an older player, and he played on a great cup winner last year, and he still believes that he can play in the NFL. He's going to wait that out, and then by the time – Labor Day rolls around. The NFL started. Doesn't feel like there's going to be a lot of opportunity at that point. But at some point in time, he's going to look back at the CFL and go, okay, I want to play for the rest of the year. I will come back to whatever team needs me. Probably won't be Toronto unless they have an injury, but that's the thing. It's like somebody is going to have to throw money at him. If that's the only kind of veteran quarterback that's out there on the market right now, who's not playing. 35. Yeah, he is not. No, look, I I genuinely believe when he said, "Look, my family is in the south. I want to be closer." Yes. to my family. Like I, I and he went down and played in that uh, whatever football league. USFL. Yes. Um, I that does not necessarily mean that I can. I, I'm saying he's not going to come for two or three months. But the the NFL thing, I, I like to be honest, I I don't even like repeating it. I mean, he's obviously not at 35 getting an NFL um, deal. They they no. It's somebody to be half the end of their rope. Yes. And I I think that our league would be better if McLeod Bethel Thompson did come back. However, I will argue that if you look at the teams that need someone again, the issue is that unless Bo is out for the year, Hamilton, like at some point, you're not going to be paying him to be your backup. It completely disrupts the salary structure to bring in another high paid quarterback. Ottawa is the one where you know your two quarterbacks are Are out for the year. Out for the year. Now, Ottawa has to be relevant at the time that he's willing to come back. If they are in. In like, last place in the East there's Division. There's no sense of him signing. He, he won't want to sign with a team that's not in the playoff race. Right? What's like, the point? What's the point? Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, but, again, he's the name. His name is going to get thrown around until the other does or doesn't. <laughs> yeah, like that's exactly. that's the reality. Because um, there's just nobody else out there. And we're down to, like, how many quarterbacks have started already this year? Oh, I had I, I was having a conversation at Stamps Day about someone saying, like, well, are people really saying that Trevor Harris might not come back? because of this broken bone. I'm like, Trevor Harris can play. Like, honestly, the league may just be like, you never have to retire because there right. just aren't enough competent quarterbacks and he's a competent quarterback. Yes. Um, again, it's why I was saying to Pete Costanza, I was like, man, do I ever love Chad Kelly? Like, it's <laughs> it's so great having a guy. Yeah, let's have a new guy. Like, Have a new spring. guy. Yeah. And I'm, again, I to be honest, I think part of what's happened with Drake Mayer is that, you know, you Every team sees you once, and then they get some tape on you, and you, yeah. it's it's on the it's that second round, and now where, now he's into that now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, and, and that's the thing. And I think I wanted to get into that a little bit more last week, and we do like we didn't get into it. But you look at the te- the quarterbacks that are doing well in the CFL this year. The top top rated quarterbacks are Zach Coloros. Colorado, I can never say it right. Zach Coloros, uh, Cody Fajardo. And Vernon Adams Jr. Yeah, they're one, two, well, three in passing yards. Yeah. One, two, three. three oh, in, no, they're not one, two, three in passing touchdowns. Okay, so QB quarterback rating. rating is what I was. Chad Kelly, so that's a good story. But uh, and then um, Adams is just lower on that chart because he threw six interceptions in one game. The, these guys outside of Kelly have all been around many, many years. Like Zach was playing in the 2014 Grey Cup, and now here we are. This is a decade later. So it sometimes it takes that long to get mm-hmm. to the point where you're like, okay, this is a steady, like, that's why we have to have patience with Jake Mayer. You know, he's got to be able to grow and he's going to have ups and downs. This week was an up that first half. I thought he was excellent. So, yeah. Well, and I, 
I mean, I couldn't agree more. And this is something you and I have certainly talked about. I, Jeff Hamilton, um, I had a similar conversation with him about this. Like, I, I do think that you have to look at the age of these quarterbacks. Now, it's incredibly difficult to be patient. And I will say yes. this, <laughs> that the other thing with a lot of these quarterbacks is that at some point or another, they tended to be backups to yeah. some some pretty you know, borderline Hall of Fame players. Yeah. Um, well, Trevor Harris is a good example so because was, he was backing up Henry Burris for a couple of years. Then he was took over and took them back to the Grey Cup. So, yeah. yeah. And and Zach, I mean, Zach was an absolute, looked like he, it was basically him and Bo were going to be, him, Bo, and Michael Riley were going to be sort of the the three guys to carry yeah. the league through the back half of the, of and the now 2010s. In injuries and injuries derailed him to the point where we thought we weren't even going to see him again. And then he rose again and, yeah. So 2019, he gets resurrected. So, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I do think it's also a little bit. I, I don't know that you want your Mason Fine starting um, at this point in the season. I, I, I don't know that they've had the reps. And I do think that, with particularly, honestly, at quarterback, maybe more than any other position, although this may also be if you mess up at other positions, you just get slotted out more quickly. Right. Um, I do feel like quarterback can be a, a job where you see guys get their confidence get ruined. Um, so there's a balance in, I mean, and I, it, it, it becomes an all or nothing type of thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's the unfortunate part. So you have to, when your opportunity arises, you have to take advantage of it because and there isn't a lot of patience. A lot of times, you know, we've seen a lot of guys come in with a lot of fanfare and then just like, you know, whatever happened to that guy. And then it just doesn't. Well, and, I, and I think it's a fascinating thing about Jake Mayer in particular is that, I mean, I'm going to pull up his stat line right now from week six. Um, because he obviously was very good in the second and in, in the first half and, and less so, but he still had, I mean, he had 200 passing yards in the first half and then 115 in the second half, um, 26 to 37, two touchdowns, one interception right now. They've got to try to cut out the interceptions, but you know, the stamps are all also, and Dave Dickinson is very clear about this. He is, he's trying to encourage, don't worry about the interception. Yes. Like, like play confident, play with your eyes, trust your eyes, put the mistakes behind you. And I think that's what you have to do with. The well, and you have to have a short memory. You can't just be sitting there, you can you can't let one mistake spiral into others, and, and you then, can't let one mistake dictate how you play, right? Yes. Like mistakes happen within the within just the flow oh, yeah. of the game, and and um, you're trying to build and, and, and improve. And I do think we're seeing that from Jake. I honestly, though, the stat line matters less to me than what I saw when he got the ball, and the game looked like it was pretty much over. Well, they were they were down yeah. by a point, and they needed to get to at least midfield and beyond to get into range to try and get a point to even tie it or they want the win obviously and it's like yeah they just went bang bang went through the and that's the that's the type of thing like, where you don't look at the clock and go 37 seconds we've got two plays no it's like we can make this happen and they casually well they, it wasn't casual but they went there down there down there with confidence exactly so for the people saying like oh it's about confidence it's about you know jake jake's lost it he he well yeah. i don't know well, man. i mean in a pretty high pressure situation i saw him do it and, and you, then you have to say that he's got it now yeah so like it's a pendulum swing, right? And, and one one way to the other. And again, for everyone, just why do I believe that the St. Peter's team is a contender? It is like you look at Mason Fine, 116 yards, Trevor Harris, 115. It's the 115 for Trevor Harris that matters. And I hate talk, I'm not trying to talk badly about a guy who got injured at all, but this St. Peter's defense was pretty phenomenal. Yeah. It was two big special. How much teams on players. that Mason Fine yardage was that one's one play? Yeah. Uh, which was, <laughs> was 65 yards or something. Yeah. Right? It was ridiculous. It was yeah, a crazy so. play. But, um, I, I do think you're, you're right. Um, it's interesting. I don't, I still don't know looking around the league. I don't know which 
young quarterback I am telling other fan bases to be patient with at this point. Like, I don't know. Um, I, I do think Cody Fajardo, despite having some faults, he's a guy potentially who we're seeing get back to who he was. Jamie and I did make the point that team made West finals in back-to-back seasons with Cody Fajardo. Yes. Um, stuff went badly last year. I understand that. Like I, to be honest, do think that a change was needed, but um, he's an example of a guy who potentially may surprise what, some of us. What here. they call that. Um, we would call that a change of scenery guy. Yeah. Huh? Like, although he's got the same offensive coordinator that he's yep. had previously. So uh, you would think what was the difference, but anyone writing him off myself year? included after yeah. last year, uh, you know, that's a guy who's, who's I felt that, like a, a chance in Montreal was going to be good for him. And it has been. Yeah. It's great. Um, let's very quickly before I have no idea what our timeline is right now. What time did oh, yeah, we got, we got, we still got a couple minutes here. Sure, um, yeah. Edmonton, Winnipeg. It's not even like, it's not, this is going to be a disaster. <laughs> that's what we said last week. So, I know, but like my question about Edmonton is like, what what are they doing? Like, why is why is Trey Ford never getting a chance? Like, this is a guy that they drafted in the first round, and, and he's got a lot of athletic, decent last year. He's got a lot of athletic ability. What do you got to lose now at zero and six? Like, I it seems to me like let's let him let him go let <laughs> what's the problem you are you worried that if he gets in and does well you're going to lose him to the nfl well no well what well so what's the problem but i don't know like i have you've seen enough of terry cornelius to know that that's not really working out so my just wondering there like maybe you don't want to yeah. throw him to the winnipeg wolves but again at some point in time you got to give him a chance to be out there and like the, what chris jones says he's got to play better they better win. He's taken third string snaps in practice and he, we haven't seen him in a game. There is something going on there. Yes. Um, and I, I, to be honest, like I, when I had Jerry Motojong on a couple weeks ago, a defeated Jerry Motojong. Oh um, yeah. No, yeah. I listened. It was, yeah. <laughs> um, it, as it's somebody that covers as I, I haven't covered a team that bad since like 2004. It's, it's, it's draining on you. You go there and you try to come up with, some positive storylines. And when you're positive, people are like, why are you writing about this? The team sucks. It's like, well, you know, you, these are still people are, are doing their job and trying and it's just gone horribly wrong in Edmonton. And it doesn't seem like it's going to turn around anytime soon. I wrote a story on St. Peter's special teams coverage last week. And I'm looking right in the camera just in case the person's watching on YouTube and got a long email about why I was letting Jake Mayer off the hook because he was the problem and not St. Peter's special teams. And then they allowed <laughs> two special teams touchdowns and Jake Mayer threw for 315 yards and two touchdowns. Right. Uh, so maybe stop emailing me. <laughs> um, <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Maybe, uh, I know that, I'm that talking, person maybe, needs a mail a couple as well. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying names, but maybe right. I know how to do my job. Have you written this week about how the defensive players, when it's third and long and there it's a long bomb, just knock the ball down. It's that's a better than catching. An I don't think I need to write that. What I wrote about today was how was Aaron Crawford talking about how three times while he was with the tie cats, Rene Perez stepped up and hit game winning last second field goals. <laughs> and now three now times. He gets, now he gets to snap it. Aaron two, Crawford Renee. is the long snapper yeah. for the Stampeders. And now three times he has been on, on the winning end. It feels those, a lot so. better to being on that winning end, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. So um, every year, I, <laughs> Renee Paradis does this. And I'm just like, I've no, I've written this story so yeah, many and times. And you go to, and we've actually laughed with Renee about this because it's like, well, what do you want me to say? If I say that I'm doing well, then I'll miss one next week and it'll all be rat yeah. ruined. So I'm just not going to say nothing. 
Exactly. Like, yeah. He was decent today. He talked about how he's gotten better and that it's sort of repetition and he has gotten better with age. Um, other way, Renee Paradise is honestly yeah. Ryan Ballantyne came in and did the whole impassioned greatest kicker of all time thing. I'm actually not all that like I'm interested in Ryan doing that. I'm not interested in having that discussion. Um it's like <laughs> not here. Not no, here. I don't have I mean, this. I don't know. There's been a lot of great kickers in the CFL, and they the thing is you look back at their old numbers and you look at the numbers now. And a guy who got better with age, Paul McCollum, is a guy I watched from early days in Saskatchewan to his later days in BC, and he kept getting better and better and better and better. And some of his best seasons were in his mid-40s, which I always appreciated because I was like, at one point in time, he was the only guy older than me in the league. Now there's nobody older than me in the league. Hmm. And when that happens to you, buddy, it's really tough. You know, it was really tough. <laughs> <laughs> I mentioned last week that I fell down running around second. Yeah. Place a little bit. I tore my trapezius muscle. Uh, which was upper or wow, mid? This one. Okay. So yeah, yeah. It, upper. I know. I have to, I have to talk to you better off air. <laughs> but yeah, so getting old stinks. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I will oh. say that like, look, I'm done. After last week, I have no interest in just coming out and saying these games are going to be terrible. I don't know. No, um, and we don't know. And this is what we love about the actually, CFL. Yeah, there's actually some potential for real fun here. I do like, I, I think the Ticats have shown some fight. Again, it's just hard yes. with the quarterbacks. The Lions, like, I don't I don't hate the Riders' defense. I, no, I do think that I think there's, and they can throw some looks and at when you got a guy who can score anytime he touches the ball, like Alford. I'm like, you don't know. Yeah. Like, just constantly get them to punt and then get it over. <laughs> right. Um, just or, go. or just get him to kick off. Yeah. Too. He's pretty good on those, too. And then Ottawa Stamps, like, again, as I said, the Stamps just haven't, the Stamps haven't blown anyone out. So how am I going to assume that they're going to blow the Red Blocks out? Right. Um, and Dustin Crumb, a little bit of magic. As I said, I love that they, like, printed T-shirts, did the whole thing. Like, yeah. this is sports. If you're not having fun with a win like that, then what are you doing? Yes. Um, so. And here's the thing. It's like, he, he, even if he does nothing else, and the, the old, everybody will remember his name for his one game where he knocked I'm off sorry. a three-time Grey Cup finalist. Like, these guys, like, Winnipeg was the the Goliath, and there comes the David, and they... It, it's great. This is what we love about this league. Exactly. Doesn't doesn't happen all the time, but it happens enough for us to love the excitement. On about rare it. occasions, it happens. Yeah, um, it was a great Saturday watching football. That's I got to say that. Yeah, it's good. Good night to just you know not go downtown for Stampede, right? Yeah, I didn't. I I mean, again, I I'm relatively injured right now. So like, <laughs> Torn yeah. trapezius, uh, man. I I haven't heard about that one in a while, so. It's like it's. I mean, it's not like torn off. It's just no, no, no. partially you, you, torn. Yeah, and apparently you, the issue is that the muscles around it contract to yes. like sort of protect it. Well, the so, one thing about the shoulder girdle, if we want to get into that. Is no, we're not doing it on air. <laughs> um, you know a lot about this. The one thing the doctor said to me on. So I waited a week and then it got. Worse, yeah. So I went on Monday and the doctor was like, "Well, it's not that serious, but." It's really painful and it's going to take a while to heal. Yes. And I was like, that sounds serious to me. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, here's the thing. It's, it's not, not serious st- enough that you're going to have any type of like long-term injury or whatever. But again, what's going to happen is that rotator cuff is just not going to, it's just going to be achy and sore for a while. So great. Exactly. Great. Um, Ian, Anything else you you need to talk about? I feel like we're kind of wrapping up here. Yeah, I one thing I just want to say, uh, Sunday's game, uh, first Stampeders home game since the uh, passing of Dan Carson. Um, there should be a big tribute at the stadium. So, uh, I, Stamps fans, it's going to seem weird. I know going to McMahon Stadium and not hearing Dan's voice. I've, I've been to 
more than a hundred games. I don't like over the course of 20 some years living here, Dan's voice was just always so soothing and exciting and his level of being able to just to elevate the game, make you feel at home. And uh, when you walked in there, you knew you were in McMahon. It's going to be weird. And I don't, uh, I don't know who that is that's going to take over, but um, it's a tough thing to follow a legend and, uh, we're going to say goodbye to Dan on Saturday with a uh, memorial and then Sunday's the game. So uh, real tough uh, Worked with Dan for the last couple of years. And it's been, uh, it's been really hard for us in the media community. So, yeah. So that's, uh, that's one thing. If you're going to the game, uh, pay your specs to, to Dan. And uh, we're really sad that we lost him. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. Actually. Thank you for bringing that up. I, I it had sort of slipped my mind, which is uh, a huge oversight on my part. Um, I, I didn't know Dan. You did. I, I was not lucky enough to have sort of no, a close friendship, but I know. And the thing is, like uh, last Saturday, he would have absolutely loved every second of last Saturday because we would have been watching that Red Blacks game and he would have just been going, Oh my God, can you believe this? Oh my God, what the hell? And it, we would, like, he, he gave himself high blood pressure because of that. But again, no more bigger fan of the CFL in sports and, uh, you know, legend in this town i'm lucky to have worked with him for the last couple of years very closely on weekends uh on local radio so uh it's it's gonna be tough uh mcmahon is just not gonna feel the same without him yeah well post game i mean i have no idea what my podcast recording plan is i'm not I, yeah I'm, what's um, the but we will raise a glass to dan post game one way or another are you doing one late on sunday night is that no, what's gonna happen no um <laughs> no <laughs> This is the first Sunday game you've actually had to. Yeah, I haven't talked to anyone about that. I may wind up doing that. I don't know what your availability is. We will discuss another time off air. Uh, I need to figure that out. Thank you for reminding me that I don't know what the plan is. (laughs) No problem. This weekend's podcast. And Um, and here's behind the scenes. We just kind of make this up as we go along, right? Well, yeah, I also need to get it produced, which if I'm recording at nine, like it's, I'm not going to ask a producer at 11 o'clock on a, so it may just be a record on Monday. Come out on Tuesday. I don't know, guys. This is not good podcasting. Um, yeah, let's Ian, wrap it up there. Do you mind if I just quickly thank our sponsor you before bet. going? Um, Fraser and Fag, honestly, we can't do this without them. I talk about them all the time. I will say, I mentioned earlier that yes. you and John Bender want to come in. Well, and I, um, I feel like if there's a Sunday night or Sunday afternoon game that the Stamps are playing, we could do a live watching the game, commenting on the game, talking about it while it's happening, while we're feasting. That sounds like a great idea. I do but have I, an actual job, but... Um, <laughs> so do I. I got yeah. many I got many jobs. <laughs> yeah, I do. But, but we're going to figure this out. We yeah. will... Um, you, uh, yeah, as I said. <laughs> but uh, that's... The, the, the trends on TikTok all suggest that middle-aged men eating, eating meat is now, the big move. I don't know. Anyways... Sincerely, though, I cannot John's wait. John's not as old as I was. Um, so. That's true. Um, Fraser and Fig, delicious, elevated cheese and charcuterie made fresh with artisanal provisions. For on-demand grazing, for pickup and delivery, these guys are amazing. Uh, picnics, parties, whatever you want. Um, honestly, like whatever you want. They got you covered, ready to go. Um, they got four sizes. Every occasion, as I was saying, all boxes right. come with meat, cheese, dried fruit, fresh fruit, nuts, olives, pickles, and carrots. Selections vary from month to month. Uh, check them out. Thank you to Fraser and Fig. They are the best. Uh, I'm so grateful. I cannot wait to eat on air. I know no one's going to believe me, but I can't wait to do it. Um, me, yeah, it's going to be great. People want to watch me eat. Um, <laughs> this is this thing that you say every time you go out to the restaurant, right? Exactly. People want to watch me eat this. Anyways, this was live from the 55. We'll be back at you at some point. Um, <laughs> at some point. Thank you so much for watching. Cheers.